Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Hey, it's Odie Strahan, and I'm having one of the most amazing days of my life. Hopefully you are too. Let's get this show started. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Guys, we're in for a treat today. Got a very special guest, Rami Bada, with us. Rami played his uh, high school basketball here locally at Mariloma, then went on to play junior college ball at Sierra before taking off to SoCal and playing for Riverside, and then made his way back home and played his last two years of collegiate ball at Sac State, where he had a great career at Sac State. And then, uh, much you know, years later, went on to play overseas ball. But definitely interesting story on what he did in between his college ball and his pro, his pro career, and we're going to get into that today. So, Rami, you out there? What's up, Odie, man? Thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Hey, my pleasure, man. I'm actually really excited to, uh, you know, get, in, get into your story. Uh, your story is a little bit different uh, than, than most of the successful, uh, you know, basketball stories out there. So, uh, you know, like I said, really excited to have you, man. So, hey, let's, uh, you know, let, let, let's bring it back. Let's, you know, let's start, you know, let's get, get to your backstory and, and talk to me about, uh, actually, even before high school, uh, when did you guys, when did you actually start playing basketball, man? You know what? Um, I had an older brother uh, who would take me to the park with him, uh, you know, when I was younger, about 10, 11 um, years old. So I would go to the park, just watch him hoop and, and play and, um, you know, fell in love with the game uh, from that point on. So I would say seventh, eighth grade um, is when I started playing, playing ball and, and, and loving the game, man. So that's where it started. Okay. All right. And we're going to get into the, the good old, the famous Botter brothers later on in the show here. Cause yeah, you talk about your older brother, you guys are known out here, man. So, uh, so from there you played your uh, high school ball at Miraloma, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I played actually, um, uh, one year at Highlands high school and then I put, and then we moved and then I played three years at Miraloma. Gotcha. So, and so your three years there, were you, uh, did you play at the varsity level all three years or did you play JV your sophomore year? So, um, as a freshman at Highlands, I got moved up to, uh, to JV. And then um, when I was a sophomore at Mariloma, I got moved up to varsity. So I played, uh, played three years of varsity at Mariloma, um, uh, you know, going up. Worked on my game during the summer, so wanted to just challenge myself uh, and, and, and see how far I can get. Absolutely. And you played, uh, you played at Mariloma with one of my good friends, Ricky Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky's a uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, we've, we've played, you know, high school, college, uh, at, at all levels, uh, high school, junior college, and uh, D1 at Sac State. So, uh, yeah, we, we, I've known him for a long time. Hey, that's a special bond, man, especially when you guys, you know, pretty much have followed each other throughout your guys' career. That's awesome, man. So talk to me, uh, what, what type of success were you able to have uh, in high school, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year, even as a sophomore playing at the varsity level? which is awesome in itself. Uh, you know, did you start at, as a sophomore? Uh, you know, talk to me about what type of numbers you were able to put up. Um, you know, I, I really had a good coach. Uh, coach Apollo was um, uh, a really good coach, a good motivator, someone who, um, who wanted their players to, to develop. So um, coming in as a sophomore, um, I got some playing time. I don't think I started, don't remember, um, really. Uh, I did start um, – my uh, junior and senior year and um, we really had a really good uh, class because um, if I don't know if you remember but Natomas High School wasn't built at that time so we had a lot of the Natomas kids come to Mariloma which brought the athletic program um, to a new level because we had a really really uh, a, a bunch of good players who came and contributed extremely um, my senior year we went to the state uh, qualifiers at Arco and we lost uh, in the first round unfortunately in the playoffs I don't remember which team because that's a good thing that I don't remember <laughs> but we had a really really good team uh, really good players on the on the team that elevated I, I don't think we would have been as good if we didn't have those players from the Thomas come so well listen at the, end of, at the end of the day man just off the bat the fact that you you know yourself I know you're humble but man and you were uh, you know a, a playmaker, a walking bucket that obviously created for others. But I mean, to me, between yourself and uh, Ricky Glenn himself, I mean, 
that's a nice one-two uh, one, tandem in it, uh, to start off with, right? I mean, you guys did graduate together, right? You guys same class? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I believe I was um, – I'm, I'm a year older than Ricky. So he, I graduated in 95. He graduated in 96, I believe. Gotcha, gotcha. So, but, yeah. but basically, but you had Ricky throughout your whole career there. Yeah, yeah. Rick, Rick, you know what? Ricky had, you know, so much upside, man. He's he jumping ability, uh, great touch around the basket. Um, uh, you know, smart. He he, you know, he's he had so much potential, you know, and um, it showed as he as he got older and and you know competed at different levels. So. Ricky, Ricky was a baller, man. So it was, it was great. It was great playing with him. Made a lot, made my game, you know, playing a lot easier uh, playing with yeah. Ricky. Yeah, absolutely, man. I actually got the pleasure, of, you know, playing with him. Just, I didn't get as high as, to, as you guys, but you know, on a recreational level and even, you know, obviously from afar, but also playing with him. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the guy was definitely talented, uh, but so were you. I mean, obviously the, having you two there is, you know, was a, a nice one-two combo. So uh, you finished out a, uh, a, you know, a great, you know, high school career, you're able to play, you know, varsity for the majority of it, had great success. Um, like you had mentioned, went to uh, Arco at the time, uh, you know, got deep into, you know, well, he's got that far into the playoffs. Uh, talk to me, uh, senior, senior year ends. Uh, at that point, did you get any offers? Uh, you know, were there any schools talking to you? Um, I know you transitioned into uh, uh, junior college ball in at Sierra, but were there any offers? Were there any opportunities that you, you did have after high school? Yeah, so – um, I had some, I had some schools looking at me, some, uh, some lower D2 schools, um, looking at me, but I, I got a lot of offers from D2 and, um, I was, I wasn't happy. Uh, my mentality at the time was, you know, if I can't play at the highest level, um, I'm not going to play, um, or I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to try to figure out how I can get to that next level. That was my mentality. Growing up, uh, playing, practicing, it was what do I need to do to get to the next level? That's my that was my main focus. What do I got to work on to play at that D one level? And so um, after high school, I uh, I moved to L A. and took a year off, um, and uh, and then moved back to to Sac to play. Then I then I decided I wanted to play at Sierra, so I played at Sierra um, uh, after high school. But I took a year off just to work on my game and um and try to develop and become a better basketball player um so that's what i did after school i i i, I didn't get any uh uh d1 scholarships out of high school a lot of d2 schools wanted me wanted me to sign i did a lot of visits but i, I didn't want to go d2 so uh, no that's really no that's really good to hear um yeah, uh, that's just, really good go ahead sorry I'm, I'm sorry i just said i just basically bet on myself so no, that's good. And you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a common theme when it comes to the people that have been on my show is, is that they bet it on themselves. Uh, we had, you know, Travis Jackson on uh, earlier uh, and he went from a, you know, walk on to earning a scholarship at Sac State to becoming the fifth pick in the PBA draft. And same thing he said, you know, so, but that's really important. I think to, to note that um, you know, like in your case, you took a full year off. I mean, you took a full, full year off and that you did have D2 offers. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it's not where you want. Like you said, you want to compete at the highest level and you were willing to take that time off to work on your game to get there. So, uh, which is, which is admirable, man. It really is. So you, you, you come back to Sacramento, you, you, you're playing at Sierra. First of all, uh, you know, I know at the time AR has had a pretty good basketball program. Why Sierra? Um, because, uh, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, Ricky was, uh, Ricky was, uh, gonna attend there. Um, Anthony Flood was gonna attend there. Um, had a good um, good coach from Foothill High School. That was that was the co he was a pretty good upcoming coach. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't mind driving from you know Carmichael to Sierra, 30, 35 minute drive every day. I'd pick up Ricky. Um, we'd go and we'd carpool. But uh, but I, I just I just thought we had a, a good opportunity there with the players that we had. Um, going to the open gyms, um, seeing who was there. Um, and you know, we, we meshed really well. So, um, you know, that's, that's basically what it was. It was the players and the coaching that, uh, that made me go there. Hey, good coach, good up and coming coach, Ricky, Anthony flood, Rami, that, that equals success. I mean, I, I don't blame you for, you know, wanting to go there. So, uh, so that was your freshman year. Talk to me. How did your freshman year go? Uh, your first, first year of college basketball? Um, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was a good learning, uh, learning experience. Um, uh, we uh we did well. We 
we didn't do as well as uh, we wanted. We made the playoffs, but, um, you know, ups and downs uh, with, with the season. Learned a lot um, at, you know, learned the pace of the game. Um, uh, basically what I needed. My mindset was at every level, just figure out what I, what I got to do, how I got to improve, how, how I can make other people better um, to get to the next level. So that was my mindset, um, you know, learning in everything, you know, losing and stuff like that. Of course, it's, it's, it's not fun, but you learn from it. Uh, you, you just got to be positive and, and know that you still have time. So once you start playing, you know, that clock starts. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta really lock in. Uh, it, it, it was just fun, man. Good. I learned, I learned a lot, learned the pace. Um, and, uh, the competition was good. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's just learning, learning every day. What kind of numbers did you put up, uh, at Sierra? You, you personally? Uh, you know, I think I, I was the – so when I was in high school, I played a two-guard. So I, I did never played point. So coming in, um, I started at point. And my first game, at, I think it was it was against Fresno City and, you know, Rayford Austin, uh, you know, Skip to my Lou. Of course, of course. Yeah, so he was the first guy that I went up against as a point guard. They did an article. Welcome to college basketball, huh? <laughs> So they did an article on me, I think, um, the SAC B on, on uh, you know, my game against Rayford. I, he, he had a good game. I think he had about 30, and I, I think I had about 24, 25. But um, I did okay, man. I, I mean, I my mentality is that I'm a scoring point guard. Like, I, I can score. But uh, when I was at Sierra, we had Ricky, we had Flood. So the, the offense was never ran um, – uh, with me, it was it was brand basically a, a big man type of offense. So all my points were coming off of um, you know transition or um, you know a, a few plays here and there. But but I, I think I averaged maybe around thirteen fourteen a game um, at Sierra. Uh, uh, man, it's been it was a long time. So uh, no, yeah. yeah, no, that that, that no, that's a. Uh... That's a successful uh, freshman year, and uh, like you had mentioned, man, like every time I I used to see you play, uh, you know, you, you were a walking bucket. So I, uh, you know, I know, I know, you know, back then, because of your height, they probably, you know, they had you at the point. You know, it's not as much of a small ball as it is these days when it comes to, you know, how the game is played. You know, um, right. I can only imagine. I can only honestly, I, I I can only imagine how your game would fit in when it comes to, you know, the new era of basketball. Because I mean, you re you really are that uh, essentially underside you were a shooting guard in a point guard body. That's how I, I mean, that's how I, I look at it. What about yourself? Yeah. 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 That, that's pretty, that's pretty locked in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. But you're definitely fun to watch. So hey, that, that's, uh, that's, that's still a very successful first year. Obviously you're playing with, you know, uh, two big men and Ricky, obviously Ricky was very versatile, but you know, what, probably a good six, seven, you know, you know, you know, good height, Anthony's, you know, Anthony's probably just as big. And, you know, you know, so you obviously had, you know, two inside uh, people you were sharing the ball with. So uh, talk to me um, after the first year, um, you know, you put up good numbers. Uh, sounds like you guys didn't go as far as you wanted to go to, but still a successful year. Uh, what brought on, uh, you know, uh, the move to Riverside for, for your sophomore year? Um, you know, at that point, were there any offers, uh, you know, what held you back from, you know, coming back for a second year at Sierra, if there wasn't any offers, talk to me about that. So at Sierra, I mean, when you, when you hit junior college, if you want to go to D1 at that point in time, you had to get your AA degree. So, so I had to play two years at least and get my associates and, you know, keep a high GPA. So, um, uh, after Sierra, uh, my, my whole thing with leaving Sierra was, um, not to knock on, you know, Sacramento and, and the, the, the conference at that time, but I wanted to play at, at a higher level. I wanted to kind of test my, test my skills and um, did some research about, you know, best junior colleges in LA because I moved to LA um, out of high school. So I was kind of familiar with, with LA um, and uh, I lived on the outskirts of uh, LA at that time uh, in Moreno Valley. And uh, so I did some research, went to, went to, went, back to LA um, and uh, walked on uh, that open gym, called the coach. I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm interested in, in playing with your program. Um, what do I got to do? Um, at that time, coaches couldn't go to the open gyms, but they had like assistant coaches, things like that. And went to open gym, played with some of the guys that were, were there. 
and uh, the rest was history. The coach called me the next day and says, hey, I want you uh, on the team and, um, you know, whatever you need, just uh, just let me know as far as, you know, if you have a place to stay, um, things like that. Um, and I told him I had, I had a place to stay and, um, and you know, it, it was it was we had a really good team and all uh, all five starters went D1 um, at Riverside. Wow. Wow. So we, That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that, that was that was the, you know, the start of, you know, the competition was different. I, it was a lot different, more athletic players. It was faster. Uh, and we were playing tournaments that that had a lot of college coaches there. So. That actually was my next question. I was going to ask you, uh, you know, you, you were looking for that higher level of competition. Uh, you know, what do you feel was the biggest difference between the, the you know, the, you know, from, you know, the competition uh, from a junior college standpoint during that time between Sacramento and SoCal? It was, uh, they had a lot of good tournaments that, that I didn't attend when I was at uh, Sierra. There was a couple of tournaments we went to, but uh, we went to uh, a lot, a lot of tournaments that a lot of top schools uh, coaches were there. So those were, those were the things that were appealing to me, other than the fact that we played in a really good conference um, and, um, and the, the, the speed. I, I, I could just tell the athleticism, the height. The, it was a lot different playing with, with, with players in L.A. So um, not to knock on anyone from SAC. I mean, everyone was great here too, but I, I, just, want, I just felt that it was, it was different. Um, different mindset, different standpoint as far as um, athletic ability, the grind, the, the people wanted to go get it. They wanted to, you know, uh, earn a scholarship. They wanted to showcase their talent. It was, it was, it was different. First time I stepped on that gym at Riverside, I realized, yeah, you know, I got to prove myself all, all over again. And, and that's what I loved about it. Gotcha. So from there, uh... You, you, you complete a very successful season. Like you said, all, you know, five starters went to D1. Uh, you know, from there you transition uh, your journey back home to Sacramento, as to Sac State for your, you know, for your junior and senior years. Uh, after your second year, though, talk to me. Were there any other offers, uh, you know, specifically other than Sac State after, after your uh, sophomore year at Riverside? Yeah, you know, I, I got – I got some, I got some uh, D1 offers, um, small schools. Uh, I don't know, I have letters here, but, um, but, you know, my mindset at the time, Odie, was, was uh, Ricky and I had contacted each other when I was at uh, finishing up Riverside and he was finishing up at Lassen and, uh, and uh, he was like, let's, you know, let's, let's go to Sac State and, and try to change the program. So, I mean, I could have went somewhere else. I could have went, you know, stayed in LA um, at these other schools uh, and, and just, just been away from my family. They didn't really get a chance to come see me play that much. So my whole decision was, you know, go to, go to uh, Sac State, play with Ricky again, see if we can change the program. I can have my family, friends watch, watch me play and then, um, and then go from there. So, that's that's the big thing that that really um, when I did my visit at Sac State with uh, Coach Abadamarco is is um, you know my family being there uh, play you know playing with another familiar face and uh, and that's what uh, led me to uh, sign with Sac State. No, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's uh, that that's a special bond that obviously you and Ricky have to uh, be familiar with each other, um, not only on the court but obviously off the court. You know. Um, obviously yeah. that, 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 you know, that friendship had to be there as well. Um, also the trust, you know, the trust that, you know, you two were going to uh, be able to do, you know, your guys, your part on helping, uh, you know, rebuild the program. So no, that's right. awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear, man. And plus you can't, you know, uh, I'm all about family, you know, about that. So, uh, yeah. so family first and um, yeah, there's nothing like it when your, your family is able to, you know, uh, you know, see you, you know, uh, do what you love, you know, and be there, you know, firsthand. So that's awesome. So you get to Sac State, uh, you know, as a junior, I know you had some, uh, you know, you had a few upperclassmen uh, there as well when you got there. Um, talk to me about your junior year. Uh, were you able to start right, right, right when you got there? Um, you know, how did, the, how did that first year go? How did the transition to going back home and playing at Sac State and getting used to, obviously, another system, another higher level competition? Because you kind of, you went from Sierra to Riverside. Now you're playing the, you know, top level division uh, one basketball. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, when I got there, uh, I, um, you know, the guys were great. Uh, the the competition um, w was great. Uh, 
you know, they took me in as far as, um, you know, my, my skills, uh, got to know all the players coming in. Um, it was a, it was a learning curve as far as, uh, timing. I think I was, um, excited to play and I had to, you know, take a step back. But as far as starting, I, uh, it was, uh, between me and another point guard from Long Beach, uh, junior college, who was a junior, uh, college transfer as well on scholarship. And we would go back and forth with, with starting. I, I, I really, I, at that point, uh, my mindset, I didn't really care whether I started just as long as I was, I was playing the minutes and I was there at the end of the game to try to help us win. That was my main. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. No, that team, your junior year was good. You guys had, obviously, you, you reconnected with Anthony as well. So Anthony Flood was there. You had Pablo who, who transferred. Remember Pablo Gonzalez, right? right? You, Ricky. And uh, Renee was there still, right? Renee Jacques. Was Renee, he still Renee, there? Just yeah. there. Champions. Yeah. Freshman, um, I think Troy Selby was up there. Yeah, so we had a um, we had a nice core, nice nice group of guys. How, how did that junior year go? Uh, you know, as a team, how'd you guys do? I think we, I think we probably, I think out of uh, eighteen games, we probably won nine. We were fifty five, you know, five hundred. We weren't. We lost a lot. Of, I remember my junior year uh, pretty good because we lost a lot of games by I, I probably four or five games by less than four points so we the the, the tough ones you know the, the the tough games and um so we could have had a, a pretty good success, successful year if 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 we were we, we were kind of young too I mean even though we were juniors a lot of a lot of players were coming out of junior college to a d1 level it's not like we were freshmen coming in and we know how things go it's our junior year we we know how to win so we had a lot of uh you know, younger first year players at a, at a junior college so um Pablo, Ricky, Anthony, myself, um, the other uh, point guard. Man, I don't remember his name, man. I, damn, it's been a long time, man. Sorry about that. Jim Brewer? But I say it was a successful year as far as us meshing together and uh, figuring, out, figuring out what it takes to win a close game. So. Gotcha. And then now, now uh, sounds like it was a success. You know, obviously being able to come back home, uh, you know, 500 record. Uh, you know, or at least getting, you know, get, you know, getting some uh, victories and some moral victories, because as you know, uh, you know, those close games, that's that pretty much what decides the, you know, the good and great teams, right? Those close games. Right. Uh, right. And so obviously it was a learning experience for you guys. Then, then comes senior year. Uh, talk to me about the new coach. You got Coach Jenkins comes in, you got a new coach for your senior year. Um, you know, uh, you obviously return Ricky. Uh, he plays all, even a bigger role his senior year, I remember, as opposed to his junior year. Pablo's there. Uh, you know, he, he's returning for his senior year. So, you know, you three are the, you know, the main core. I know, uh, uh, you know, obviously Renee's still there. Uh, Cedric, Cedric was there. Tom, Tom, uh, Tompkins, rest in peace. Uh, Cedric w was there as well. He, was, he came in as a freshman your senior year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk to me. How was the transition your senior year to, you know, a new coach? I mean, here you are your senior year uh, and you have a new coach, you know. Uh, you know, did he, did he implement, you know, a totally different system? Um, how did how did hit how did his system fit you know your your game? Yeah, man. I, I one thing I really liked playing for Jenkins, man. He was a players coach. He he used to play, so he was a point guard at that time. So um, he wanted a fast paced type of offense. And um, you know, coming in, he was an assistant his first year. So coming in, the you know, it's a learning curve for him as well as well as us. So you know, it's it's it, it, it's kind of you know, yeah, I know he's going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. Let's just, let's just go out there and grind and try to try to win games, man. That, that's what it came down to. So um, I, you know, he, he was positive. Um, he, he, he wanted to have good relationships with his point guards, which I love. And that's one thing that I, I, I really respected about uh, Jenkins was that um, he let you make mistakes. And, um, and if you made mistakes, just just learn from them. Don't make them over and over again. If you did, that's when you'd get on you. So, but as far as, um, you know, playing, playing with the guys, uh, everyone improved. We got much, you know, much better over the summer. Um, had a, a different mindset. Uh, as you know, the conference gets better. Players get better over time. So, you know, we just, we just had to learn how to win games, close games, um, road games, things like that to, to help us, uh, you know, try to make the playoffs. Now, that's awesome, man. A couple of things I, I took from that is that he allowed you to fail forward, number one, uh, and, you know, and learn from your mistakes, which is huge, you know. Uh, it's one thing as a ball player, 
you know, knowing that you know, it's okay to make mistakes. Obviously, you don't want to duplicate it, you know. You know, the good old saying, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, right? But, right. but having a coach that's going to give you that confidence to, you know, to play your game, player's coach, he obviously played your position, so he knows, you know, uh, he knows the game, he knows, you know, uh, the best places to, to, to put you at. But also, ultimately, like you, like you said, be able to, you know, play freely and learn from your mistakes is awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, actually, you know, I have your stats up here for actually for your senior year, looking at about 11 points, four, four rebounds, three assists. Hey, I mean, that, if, you know, at Sac State, those, those are some, you know, some awesome numbers. Uh, this is when your story gets a little intriguing, which, uh, which is something that I learned that, that, you know, that was new to me and I really want to get into. So you just get done with, you know, obviously, a, a, I think a great career. You went from Sierra putting up good numbers to Riverside to coming back home, you know, playing two successful years at Sac State in front of family, in front of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, with teammates that you're familiar with, with Anthony and Ricky. Uh, you know, talk to me about your post career. Um, and you know, were there any offers? First of all, were there any offers? Because you know, there were some offers when you got out of high school and you, and you took a year off. So, I, I, so, I'm, so I'm curious to know, were there any offers after you know your Sac State career? Number one, and then uh, you know, number two, what led you to your ne to your next move? You know, after Sac State. So, um, you mean offers as far as um, playing overseas or? Uh... Correct. 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 Yeah, so, so I, I did get I did get some calls. Um, my coach was at the time was you know telling me to hire an agent if you want to play overseas. Um, I, I I you know for all you young players out there, um, it's very important to to hire a hire an agent if you're serious about um, you know playing overseas. That's one thing I didn't do. What I did do was contact uh, Gus Armstead and started working out with him in the mornings. Um, and he would, you know, work out players that played overseas, NBA players, um, and had workouts in the morning. And he had a lot of connections. So I started doing that and um, kind of stopped doing it uh, because I was doing real estate at the time. So I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I wanted, honestly, what, whether I wanted to go play uh, professional basketball or at that time, you know, be home with my family and, um, and just, you know, play in the pro-am here, you know, play – play open run, open gym, things like that. So I stopped going. And that's probably one of the things that I regret um, doing. So, uh, you know, I stopped doing it. Um, you know, I'd still play ball here and there, but I wouldn't train um, or work on my game. I would just uh, just do some shooting drills. That's about it, man. But but that right after Sac State, that's about what I did. It was just uh, just work and, and not, not pursue uh, playing overseas. Yeah, shout, shout out Gus. That's another common name that everybody in the Sacramento area here uh, brings up that was very instrumental to uh, getting them prepared for the next level. So, um, you know, that's awesome when, when you have, you know, different players from different even eras mention your name, you know. That, that's, <laughs> that, 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 that speaks for itself, huh, when it comes right. to uh, what, what Gus has been able to do. So uh, shout out Gus. Uh, so, you, so instead of uh, – Instead of playing, you know, obviously pursuing the, uh, any overseas, uh, you know, ball, professional career, overseas playing basketball, uh, you decided to go uh, into real estate. Uh, and so at that point, what are you, 22, 23? Yeah, yeah, 22, 20. Yeah. And so how, and how, long, how long did you stay in the real estate uh, industry? So honestly, man, I, I started – really getting better in basketball after Sac State. I think my, wow. my, my basketball, um, you know, IQ, my ability to score um, uh, got better um, after Sac State. I wish, I wish going back that I, I would have um, took more advantage of the opportunity that, that I had there. Um, so, but, you know, like I said, everything, you know, happens for a reason. It's a, it's a learning experience. You, you, you take it in and, and then you learn from it. Um, don't ever, I don't regret um, anything that, that happened there. So I started getting really good between the age of 25 to about, you know, 30, 30, 32. That's when I was really at, at, at a level where I felt I could play in the NBA. Uh, so when, when I was doing real estate, you know, I always had it in the back of my mind, should I go, should I, you know, pursue it, should I do this? It just never, it just, you know, because it takes commitment, man. It, like when you have a lot of stuff that's really established as far as a job, 
you know, your mom and dad are home, you know, you're, you know, you're helping them, whatever it is, uh, if you can financially, um, it's tough to just, just leave. So I started doing real estate from 2001, um, up, you know, current to this day. So, um, that's something I'm passionate about, um, real estate, but, uh, but that's what I did, um, after Sac State. So th that's very intriguing to me right there. The fact that you said between the ages of 25 to 32, uh, that's when you felt like you could even play in the NBA. Now, don't get me wrong. When it comes to most players' careers, uh, you know, that, that's considered their quote-unquote prime, you know, I guess, you know, 27 or so. Uh, but, but very rarely do you get when uh, you have an athlete, a basketball player, that plays at a high college level like you did at Sac State. That, that essentially stops playing, you know, basketball, you know, professionally, or, you know, stops playing at a, at a, at a high level, you know, per se, uh, and, and get better, you know, um, that's, I don't hear that that often. I mean, that, that's for sure. So, uh, but, I, but I saw you around town, man. Obviously, we didn't know each other personally around then, but I remember back then I used to always see you, catch you at, you know, 24, you know, just, you know, pick up games. And, uh, man, you're, you and your brothers were, were something else, man. Uh, you know, this guy has uh, some, some very talented ball players in his family. And, uh, yeah, man, you were, you, you were fun to watch, man. I'll tell you that much. So I don't know exactly, you know, you know at what point, how old you were. I remember seeing you catching at a few tournaments. Uh, back then, remember when Hoop It Up was big? Remember Hoop It Up? Remember Hoop It Up out here? Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys were out there killing. I remember one time I was like, oh, man, Rami's out here. And I saw you and uh, I think it was Damon Pohill. Remember Damon, Damon Pohill? Yeah, Damon. Yeah, Damon. Yeah, 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 Damon was out there doing his crossover slash carry. Just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding, Damon. Shout out to Damon Pohill. <laughs> hey, uh, but so talk to me. Um, talk to me then. When did you go from real estate and actually, you know, you know, decide to, hey, I want to give this a shot. I mean, I, I want to, you know, I want to I want to play this game. You know, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm confident enough you know, to play at the next level. Talk to me about that transition. Because that's the part that's really intriguing to me. The fact that, you know, you waited, you know, so long after your, you know, college career to pursue, uh, you know, a professional career in basketball. So I had a, um, the way I was 35. So that's when I, when I decided I was, I was married, um, just got married and um, uh, had my, had my first boy. And then, uh, I found out a buddy of mine, his name was Mikey Shimon from Arizona, went and uh, went to the Middle East to play. And I was kind of intrigued. I was like, how did he, you know, did he hire an agent? You know, did he get out there and have to try out um, things like that? So um, he's Assyrian. So they have all these Assyrian basketball tournaments um, every, every year. At that point, they would have tournaments every probably three months. So teams from Sacramento, teams from um, LA, teams from uh, San Francisco, Detroit, Chicago would come at one point and play in a tournament. So 10 teams would show up and it'd be a Saturday, Sunday tournament and we would play. And then one time we went and Mikey wasn't there. And I was like, where's Mikey? And they go, oh, he went overseas to, to play. And I was like, that's, you know, I was, I was like, that's awesome, man. So uh, it was funny. Uh, I believe he reached out to me and um through facebook or something goes yeah i'm over here you should you should get your butt over here um and i said well how, how is it over there what's what's the living you know situation over there because at that time it wasn't it wasn't good you know what was going on with isis and things like that and all that kind of crap so um so uh next thing you know his agent called me and he told me um mikey said that you can play and I said, yeah, I can play a little bit, but I'm, you know, I'm 35. And um, he goes, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are if you can play. So um, he was funny. He said, show me, send me a video of you shooting, doing some shooting drills. So okay. <laughs> I had my wife's little brother videotape me shooting. And uh, just, you know, I shot like maybe 50 shots. Um, and then he goes, okay, uh, I'm going to fly you out. So, you know, all, all paid and I want you to come for two weeks, try out. And if you're good, then we'll sign you. So at that point, I, told him, I was telling my wife, I said, this, this guy wants me to come out. Um, and, you know, my wife was working at the time. We had a baby. And if I had to leave, then I had to, I had to support the family. So um, she would just have to be home with the kid at that time. 
So I, I, I said, do you support that? Is that, you know, I needed her blessing in order for me to kind of make that, that decision to go over there and, and, and accomplish something I wanted to do was, you know, play pro ball. And, um, and, 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 you know, I, I told her, I didn't know what type of money it was. So um, at that time, so he flew me out, I think like a month later, um, I think it was a month before, um, it was probably a, two or three weeks before the season started. So he flew me out for two weeks and um, he signed me the first day. So they, uh, I ran with the team. Um, I did my thing and they didn't, they didn't believe that I was Middle Eastern. They're, they're, and I'm like, I'm from this country, you know? <laughs> so, so I'm, yeah, Middle Eastern. And they're like, you, 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 you could play with like an American. You, you're considered like an American the way you play. And I said, well, I appreciate that. So they signed me the, the, you know, the first, uh, the first day or the coach goes, yeah, they, they want to sign you. So I call my wife and I'm like, um, but at that time it was only half a season. Um, uh, as I remember, it was in the middle of the season. So as, as the league, because it's the FIBA league, you can only have two Americans, but you can only replace one um, per season. So if you have two and you replace one, those are your final two for the whole season. So they replaced uh, the, they, um, so I played, I believe, as an American, the the my the half a season the first year, and um, and and my wife goes, you know, go play. I want you to I want you to you know play and enjoy it, and and that was that's what happened. How many uh, how many seasons did you end up playing over there? Uh, two and a half. Going gotcha. I played two and a half, and then I had my second son. And then uh, after my second son, my, my wife, um, because I was older, man, I was 37, almost going to be 38. And uh, she was like, you know, we, you know, you ha our son is two, our, we have a newborn, just had a newborn and it was tough on her. So uh, I'd be gone six months out of the time and it was the early stages of, of, of them. So I didn't want to really miss those, those years uh, or those months uh, with the baby. So that's one of the reasons why I ended up not, not going back now now did they join you did they join you out there or, they, or she stayed yeah. back the whole time so the first the first year uh my wife came and stayed with me for a month so they paid um i was you know they put me in a hotel room they they paid for her flight um and then she stayed but there wasn't really much to do in the middle east so i was in i was in duhok uh the first uh season and then uh the other seasons i was in baghdad Gotcha. So, uh, I mean, you don't got to give me exact, you know, contract numbers, but uh, from a financial standpoint, did they pay pretty well out there? Because, I mean, that's always a question when it comes to a lot of these ballplayers. You know, they, you know, it's like certain countries, you know, pay a little bit better. I mean, was the pay pretty competitive, you know, for that time when it comes to, you know, overseas ball? Yeah, so the Americans, honestly, um, it's, it's not as good as China. It's not as good as, like, Spain. Um, it's not as good as Iran. But if you were, say, uh, an American, um, you could make between ten to twelve thousand a month uh, there, and uh, that's that was probably the range. Um, some players got paid, you know, eight thousand. Some players got, depending on their career and their their um, their history and their what they've done overseas. I've seen people get paid up to twelve thousand a month, which which it seems to be fine. Um, it's tax free. It's cash. Um, but at that time, um, I don't know what it is now. I'm sure it's uh, uh, probably a, a lot more now. But when you're talking Iran, Spain, things are you're, you're talking the 500 to a million dollar range uh, for their players. Uh, so, even absolutely. So uh, the actual competition level, obviously, they were you know they they were very impressed with you know your skill set. Uh, what did you think about about the competition out there? You know the competition was uh, was really good. Um, of course, the Americans there were uh, at, at more advanced. Uh, you know, played at higher levels, but uh, the Middle East, especially you know Iraq and um, you know different parts of the Middle East, it, you can see that their players are improving uh, dramatically. Um, we had a, a good big man. Um, uh, his name was Mohammed Salah, and uh, another shooting guard named Hassan. Uh, which were upcoming. Uh, they're really good friends of mine. I still keep in contact with them. Um, and uh, they, uh, 
they were upcoming players uh, and, and they're doing really well right now um, as I look in the tournaments that they're playing. So the competition, um, you'd have one or two really, you know, good, good uh, uh, Middle Eastern players, uh, but the best players were the Americans that were on the team because they, they got paid the most and they were expected to score 30 a game. So if you weren't scoring 30 a game and trying to help the team win, most of the time they're going to, um, not pay you or cut you. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a um, you know, it's a grind there. You know, people have to understand playing overseas, if you go and play overseas as an American, you, you, you got to put up points. You got to, that's what they want you to do. If you're a big man, because that's what the majority like it, or big men that, that, that score 30 or two guards or point guards that can score 30 or more a game. Um, you have to be, you have to, you know, you have to be unstoppable. You have to, you have to be consistent or, or, They'll, they'll let you go. Hey, man, that's pretty impressive. You know, the fact that you went out there, you know, between the ages of 35 and 37, was able to put up, you know, you know obviously productive numbers there, uh, being able to compete at a professional level. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, that's honestly, that's just amazing. That, that's the part of the story that I really want a lot of people to hear is, you know, I, I run to a lot of people between the ages of, you know, surprisingly, like 24, 25, 27, 24 to 27 years old that think that, you know, they, they missed their window. Um, you know, what I like about your story is that, you know, uh, you know, for the person that didn't, didn't you know, ex exactly go to that college after high school, you're a perfect example of that you took a year off, you know, you went to, you know, you went to JC, you went to two different JC's back-to-back -back years, you know, came back home and then literally took about a 13 year gap before you play basketball again. Um, right. You're actually the first I've heard of that. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty sure it's, Others have done it, but it, it's very few and far between. And I think that's inspirational, man. I mean, whether you realize it or not, the fact that, you know, someone out there, even in their 30s, thinking, hey, you know, what could have been, they shouldn't be thinking what could have been because it could still be, you know. And, um, you know, the one thing, I, and I, I'm with you, where, you know, you, you know, everything happens for a reason. But one thing, if I'm being transparent, that I do hear in your voice is that if you had to do it again, that you probably would have, you probably would have played a, a lot more years. You agree? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's one thing I, I do regret um, is not not taking it serious, uh, not really finding out how good I could have been. Uh, so, you know, whether whether or not, um, you know, my whole goal was trying to make it to the NBA. And a lot of people say if I was taller, I'd, I'd be in the NBA easily. But I don't I don't listen to all that. That's just that's just rubbish. But I, I always say, you know, guy gave me what I what I have and, you know, I got to work with it. So. If, if you're out there and you, you think that, you know, the window's closed for you, just, just realize, man, I went at, um, you know, age 35 and um, you got to learn, you got to figure out what you got to do to get out there, you know, hire an agent, send the tape, send a game tape. They don't want to see highlight tapes. They want to see game tapes because um, highlight tapes, everyone can look good in a highlight tape. So just go out there and, 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 and put it in and, and, and just, consistently work at it, man. I mean, use your connections. Um, and, and that's one thing that I didn't do that I, I was kind of um, complacent is that I, I, I didn't have that, that hunger. If you have that hunger to go play, uh, you know, at, at a younger age, go and do it. You, you, you won't regret it. This is something you can share with your kids. That's one of the main reasons why I did go was if my kids ever decided to play basketball and want to go play overseas, I have experience. I can kind of tell them how it is, what to do, what to expect. If I never have gone, I, I never would have been able to share that with them. So, and, 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 and that's one of the reasons uh, uh, that I went um, is, is to share with my kids uh, for, for my personal reasons. And, um, and, uh, and, and that was it. No, I like that. What I'm hearing is obviously put in the time. Doesn't matter, you know, the, the, what, the ups and downs. You continue to put in the time. I definitely, you heard, you know, leveraging your network. You know, there's a saying I always teach my kid, your, your, your network is your net worth, you know. So obviously right. getting, getting, getting in contact with the right people. I've heard you, you know, mention agent a few times. So obviously, you know, getting, getting in contact with someone that could put you in a position to be successful, right? And right. Uh, yeah, man, listen, uh, everything you're saying is spot on. I think, I think this is going to definitely resonate with, you know, many people, man. So, hey, let's go ahead and conclude with some fun, man. I mean, I mean, I, I've actually had fun this whole time, but let's conclude with some a little Q&A like I like to end my shows with. Uh, so I'm just going to ask some, you know, just some random questions, man, to, before, before we, we conclude, man. So uh, I've been asking this a lot lately in my last, you know, you know, my last you know, few episodes is 
So, Rami Bada, who's your GOAT, man? I mean, we get into the discussion all the time. Who, who's your GOAT in the NBA? Uh, there's no question. It's MJ. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. Hey, there, there, no, you said no. I can is go, it even I, close? No, it's not even close, man. They, people don't realize. I've seen, you know, Jordan play in his prime. I've seen Kobe and I've seen LeBron. And a lot of, a lot of uh, what I just tell people is, listen, don't compare LeBron to, to Jordan. Compare him to Magic or Oscar, and and Kobe, Kobe to me, you know he's he, he's just as good as LeBron. Um, maybe not overall, but but he's got five man. So I don't I, I keep MJ at a different level, and then I, I and then you can just pick and choose two, three, four from Kobe. I'm, I'm with LeBron. you. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know what I think? I I, I think LeBron is is an own own class just because I think he's a little bit of everybody, you know, I think he's a little bit of everybody when it comes to magic and able to score a little bit more than magic. So, you know, more, more of a, you know, Michael, but he's really a pass first, you know, player. Um, that's my opinion, but MJ's my go-to, uh, but I just think LeBron's a different type of player. I think Kobe's style of game is the closest to Michael Jordan, but I don't, I personally don't think he, he you know, even though he has more chips, I don't put him ahead of LeBron, but no, that's good, man. That's good. So let me ask you this. Uh, uh, who's your favorite player right now? Um, favorite player to watch right now? Favorite player in the NBA right now. Favorite player. You know, I don't have uh, – so I don't have a team. So I'm a player – I like watching players play. So that's what a lot of people give me crap for is I'm rooting I'm, – like, No, I get you. I, I get you. You root for players, not the team. I get it. I get it. So whichever yeah. team they go to, you root for that team. Yeah, so it, people that I like to, to watch play um, – uh, Steph Curry, um, Kyrie, and um, yeah, those are those are probably the two players that I, I like to watch. I like to see uh, because they, they yeah, because I, it's it's fun doing some of the things they do at, at the gym, even though it's a uh, you know not the same uh, level of competition. So I like watching what they do, what kind of stuff they come up with. So. I would say Steph and, and Kyrie are probably my two favorite uh, players to watch. Okay. Now, who, who in the NBA right now resemble that you think your game would resemble the most? So I don't know. I'm a little bit. Um, I'm a little bit of of those two that I that I mentioned. Um, you know, I like crossing people. You know, when I was when I was younger. Um, so. You know, growing up, I wanted to, I didn't want to be one dimensional. That's one thing I'm going to teach my kids is that don't just be able to, you know, shoot. I want you to be able to, you know, dribble, get around people, you know, create space, um, you know, get shots up easy. You know, those are things that that I, I kind of emulated uh, or kind of told myself to do. If I do everything with my right, I got to learn how to do it with my left. If I'm good shooting on the left side, I got to shoot good on my right side. So, you know, Kyrie got the got the handles and, and the ability to, you know, has the hezzy and, and that's something I implemented in my game. And Steph has the the shooting ability to be able to to shoot from any anywhere and, and be consistent with it. So those are the two players that I, I, I see myself as, you know, that of course not at that at their level, but my ability is that those are the two players that I kind of uh, see myself um, a little bit of myself. I agree 100%. You you had a you had a mean hezzy and and uh your, your game your game you you were able to uh finish really well, you know, um going to the hole and and you were definitely a shooter. Um you know, it's funny that you said that cuz there's one thing I told my son as you know, I have a 13-year-old that plays. I told my son is you you know, you might not necessarily be great in all aspects of the game, but be good. So meaning be you know, be a good defensive player. Be a good distributor. Be a good scorer. The reason why, because if you are good at everything in the game, you will always be in the game. You will never have to be taken out for any specific reason, you know, if that makes sense, you know. That's why I told him. So, um, he's a point guard, so he focuses on, you know, uh, his handles, playmaking, and what have you. But I, I really, uh, really impress that upon him to really be good at all aspects of the, of the game, if that makes sense. And it sounds like that's right. what, you, what you just said. So, I yeah. think that's really good, man. I think that's really good. And, and like, like I said, man, I uh, – you know, I, you're humble. I'll tell you, uh, you know, playing ball around town here in Sacramento, I've been in Old Grove for, you know, the last 16 years. But 
it's it's funny because uh, you know whether I talk to someone you know you know a little older or maybe in their mid twenties, late twenties, uh, you know uh, when it comes to like street legend, man, the Bada Brothers and your name specifically though comes out like man, this guy named Rami. So that's what's really cool, you know, about your story. Let me ask you this one last question, man. So you come from a very talented uh, household when it comes to the game of basketball, which I I, I mean I, I'm I'm excited to actually see the you know next generation of bodies when it comes to you know your boys, but so who was the best out of, out of you, between you and your brothers, man? Honestly, who was the best? <laughs> let's, no. let's conclude it with that one, brother. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I love my brothers. I'm not going to say uh, who's the best. I think um, everyone, you know, uh, my two younger ones, they went to Sierra College and played junior college ball. My older brother, uh, uh, Nash, he, uh, he didn't get to play uh, any college ball, but he was, he was deadly and he was 5'8 and could do 360s and dunk. I remember in in uh, parks, I would throw lobs to him, and, and without him, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to play basketball because you know if he didn't take me to the park with him, um, none of this would have happened. So um, I can't say who, who's the best. I think we all have uh, you know good traits, and and uh, it was fun playing uh, when when all four of us would play on the team. It would it would it was a lot of fun uh, playing against people because. A lot of people didn't like the fact that we would uh, we would win. So especially having Middle Eastern to play basketball. Um, no which, man, you guys are talented, brother. You guys are talented. That's funny, man. So you so you gave me the politically correct answer on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna say I'm better than. I wouldn't say I'm better. Than, yeah, I would just say I go out there and and I uh, just try to try to do my thing and and help the team win, man. That's that's just the bottom line. Hey, listen, man. Uh, you, you come from a very talented group. Uh, definitely respect there for what you guys have been able to do. Um, you know, the fact that people are still talking about your game in 2020 tells you uh, whether you realize it or not, you know, you know, how significant, you know, you were in the Sacramento area when it comes to, you know, really showcasing your skills. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, I even have, uh, you know, uh, the gentleman I actually coached my AU, the AU team with actually used to play with you at, um, at 24 hour in Roseville, you know? Okay. So, you know, yeah. So when I mentioned your name and, you know, doing an episode with you, you know who you were. So um, obviously, you know, it's all positive too, which is good. You know, everybody has, uh, you know, great positive things to say about you, you your family, uh, you know, your, you know, what you've been able to do on the court, just your work ethic and everything else, man. So I, I really want to thank you for, uh, you know, joining me today, man. Uh, I, I, you know, it was definitely a pleasure. You know, I had a blast, man. I just want to thank you for, uh, you know, taking some time to, you know, to be with me today, man. Man. Thanks, Odie, man. I really appreciate it, man. You, you, you're uh you're motivating as well, man. A lot of people need to, to listen. Um, you're all, you're all about positive things. And, um, you know, like I said, you're come from a great family as well. And I appreciate you, uh, having me on uh, for this interview. And, um, and I hope I, you know, gave some positive feedback to any listeners out there that, that still want to play, man, because you can do it, man. Just believe in yourself and, um, and, you know, anything's possible, man. So I appreciate you, Odie. All right, man. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining, joining us. Uh, it's been another Straight Talk with Strahan. Continue having a blessed day. Thanks for tuning in to another Straight Talk with Strahan podcast. If you haven't done so already, click the subscribe button, and we will catch you on the next episode.